You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, hello. This is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. So I'm excited to be here. I hope you're excited to be here. And, you know, today, today's a weird day, man. You know, I I think this podcast is kind of becoming my therapy session. (laughs) Um, But I, I want it to be a place where we address real issues and we see what the Bible has to say about various things that we may be facing in real life. Right. So today we're going to talk about um, how to face holiday loss. Okay. Um, The holidays are coming up and some people that were around the Christmas tree or some people that were around the Thanksgiving table uh, last year or maybe a couple years ago are not there. And there's these tragic reminders um, through the holiday season that they're gone and sometimes we experience loss. So today we're going to talk about it, right, Uh, on the Bible in real life with Lee Fuller. Pew, pew, pew. I'm debating on whether or not I should get like sound effects and do all that type of stuff. But um, here we go. Uh, I think I think this is going to be an interesting topic. Um, I have some thoughts around it. And, you know, it's it's so weird because most of the time I have my little outline and I go through. But I was I got to be honest with you. I was kind of all over the place trying to put this together. So. I'm not sure how long this podcast is going to be. It may not be as long as some of the other ones, but it, I I hope that it will be helpful to you. (laughs) And then we'll just let it run like that. So um, the Bible in real life. So here we go. Um, So what are my thoughts? What brought this up was, um, I, as I'm getting older and this is, this is reality. And I didn't, I didn't realize it. Me and my sister were having a conversation over the, over the weekend. And we just talked about like, you know, as we're getting older, like life is happening, right? Uh, friends are dying. Um, parents are dying. Um, man, <laughs> that sounds very like, um, uh, just various issues are being faced with. And I was like, man, I didn't feel like I I had to deal with so many issues uh, maybe years ago. Uh, maybe I just been sheltered or, you know, just, uh, you know, I think part of it is I grew up in the time where there was like grown folk business and there was like kids business, right? So um, I believe all this stuff was probably still happening but as a kid or as a teenager or whatever, I really wasn't paying attention to what was going on and topics about loss or, or you know, you know, death and that type of thing. It must have been done in the other room, right? It must have been talked about in the other room. Uh, but now, now as I've grown up, I'm in the other room, right? I'm in the room with the adults now. I know, right? Lee, you're 47 years old. You're supposed to be in the room. Mind your business, right? No, no, no. Um, But now I'm in the room with older adults. I'm in the room with some of these conversations because 
my aunts and my aunties and uncles, they are the ones that are passing. So now I'm the older group, right? I got nephews. They be like, hey, uncle. I'm like, whoa, I'm unk now, right? So uh, anyway, um, so I think because of this stage that we're in, and that, you know, sometimes I read books and they talk about, man, those 40s and 50s, you start, uh, one guy said that you don't even start living until 40, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I'm getting to that age where, okay, now we're dealing with these stages. You know what? Wait a minute. I remember hearing people talk about midlife crisis. Is, is 40 midlife? Is 30? Late 30s midlife? Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but anyway. So today we're going to talk about loss. And um, as we're going into the holiday season, we have many people, many friends of mine that are experiencing either the loss of parents or the loss of friends. And, you know, because of the pandemic, a um, there I've seen more loss and heard of more loss at this time over this, you know, 24 month period. <coughs> than I ever have, right? So I want to talk about and kind of give you some biblical perspective perspective about loss, um, perhaps some insight, some wisdom on how to deal with it. First, let me say this. I am not the expert, right? I do not have all this figured out. And I'll probably, you know, there's a couple people I can call. Maybe I'll do a, a, um, a interview with a couple couple psychiatrists or trauma specialists or different ones to kind of talk us through this. But uh, for this episode, these are, these are my thoughts based on what I've been able to gather from scripture and, you know, as uh, just walking through this myself, right? So here we go. Number one, um, <clears throat> I'll tell you what, what brings it up. Triggers, okay? Sometimes there are these triggers that happen and you experience the wave of loss all over again. And it's it's crazy when they pop up, right? But holidays for many people are a trigger, right? Because usually holidays are, are when everybody gets together. And, you know, now when everybody gets together, I know in my family, we start to see that some people are missing right? Oh man, remember so-and-so used to do this or blah, blah, blah. So some people are missing and it creates that, that loss or that, that grief during the holiday season. So, um, I, I did, I did, you know, pull a little definition from the Baker dictionary of counseling and psychology. And this is what it says. Grief is a cognitive and emotional process of working through a significant loss the removal of anyone or anything that has emotional value to an individual will precipitate a grief reaction, right? So uh, watch this. It says, grieving is to the emotional system following a loss what healing is to a physical system after surgery. Just as an operation traumatizes the body, a loss jolts the emotional system, producing disruption and upheaval. While grieving is painful, it is to be viewed as a healthy response 
for without it, a complete emotional recovery is not possible. So, so grieving is a part is actually is to be viewed as a healthy response. So when you're, when you're at the Thanksgiving table, when you're around the Christmas tree or around family for the holidays and that grieving occurs, it's part of the process. It's that healing process. I know sometimes I actually have a scar trying to see. So uh, on one Humvee, we were doing an exercise and I scraped up my hand pretty bad and I have this scar. So this scar will not go away. I mean, I've my wife was like, hey, get cocoa butter and all that. But I kind of like the scars. You know what I'm saying? It's my military scar from deployment, you know. But um, even though the the pain isn't there, there's a reminder of what happened. There's this reminder. There's this scar that has kind of developed over over what took place. And I think grief is kind of like that. It's this reminder of of someone you miss, or it's a reminder of someone that that have passed on. It's a reminder of that loss. And I think that's a healthy process. Um, so let me let me talk to some of the and I'm gonna get into Bible. I gotta get into Bible because I believe the Bible is how we deal with real life, right? Um, when I but the Bible has examples of grieving. Right, the Bible has examples of grieving. So, the Bible says in Genesis twenty three and two that Abraham mourned for his wife Sarah. Right, so Abraham, the father of our faith, come on, somebody, the father of our faith mourned over the loss of his wife. So there's this mourning that takes place. You know. Um, in, in Genesis. So I, I see at the very beginning, God is showing that, hey, when people that mourning or grief is a is a applicable response. Watch this um, in Genesis. So in Genesis chapter 37, three through five, I want to read this because there was something I saw in the definition. Um, um, and I, how do I told you kind of trying to figure this out. My outline's kind of yada, yada, yada. But let me, let me read the Bible first. In Genesis 37, three through four, it says, um, now this is when Jacob has just found out, you know, the brothers gave Jacob the, um, you know, the bloody robe and he thought it was Joseph being dead. He thought Joseph was dead. And he says, then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus the father wept for him. Um. And the reason I think this one sticks out is because <clears throat> there is in this definition, the psychology definition, there's a part that says, here it is, 
Other factors that influence the course of grief for an individual includes emotional stability, the social support system, the age of the deceased person, the degree at which he or she was at peace with self or with God or family, and the nature of the um, reaction, the nature of the, of the death, the cause of death. That's what it says. So I am realizing that the cause of death the nature of relationship with the person and the age of the deceased person has it must factor in to how this person deals with grief or how a person deals with loss. Does that make sense? Um, and that's that's kind of common sense, but sometimes we don't realize that when we're talking to people or when people are processing their grief. Here's what I mean. In the, the Bible example, that Joseph or Jacob got a bloody robe that his, his brothers said, hey, Joseph got ate by a wild beast, right? So the nature of the death that, that he was told or the suddenness of it caused Jacob to completely break down. They tried to comfort him and he could not be comforted because it was sudden. It may be violent. It may have been, um, you know, the nature of the death caused this unconsolable grief. Whereas, um, uh, so when I'm dealing with individuals or when you're dealing with loss, you have to take into account the nature of the, the cause of death, right? Um, some, some of us have um, dealt with an ongoing um, an ongoing battle with cancer or um, something that, you know, dementia or old age or something like that. So our grieving process may have kind of already started. So the reaction may not be as severe as someone where it was sudden and tragic, you know. Um, I've, I've heard of those who were healthy and then 14 days later, they're dead right? Sudden, dra drastic, catastrophic death creates overwhelming grief, right? So um, as I'm dealing with people and as we're dealing with people in real life, understand that, that the nature of the cause of death causes the grief cycle to be different, right? So I've gone through different classes and such, and they talk about the stages of grief. Right. And I used to because I, I like formulas. I like process. I like, hey, this happens and this happens and this happens. Right. So I would say, oh, this person is in the third stage of grief. Right. Or this person, you know, so the stages of grief were popularized, popular, popularized, popularized. It was made known. <laughs> it gained popularity. Um by this study in 1969. And, and the study talks about the five stages of grief, denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance, right? But here's what I found in dealing with real people 
and dealing with real people, um, it's it's not as orderly or as sequential with various people, right? So, because sometimes I, I would think, okay, um, I am two years removed or over, yeah, two years removed. Okay, I'm at acceptance, but then there'll be a trigger and then boom, man, you think it happened yesterday, right? There was a trigger the other day on a science project. I was working with a science project and um, and just to, con- we were cutting construction paper. Like, then I remembered as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Cutting construction paper. <laughs> and then boom, you think I just had a funeral yesterday. Here's my point. There isn't this orderly structure. There isn't this orderly process all the time because it because people are different and they process things different. So we have to give grace to our family members as they're processing the grief. Um, Sometimes the nature of the relationship, those that may have been closer to the deceased individual may be grieving more. Um, doesn't mean you didn't love them as much. It just meant the nature of your relationship toward the end of their life may be different, right? So, um, it's, it's, it's tough. And this whole podcast is to share with you that, Hey, it is tough. You're okay. You're normal. You, you may be going through the process and boom. You're, you find yourself in a grieving situation because of a holiday trigger, because of seeing, you know, an old Christmas ornament or a Christmas tree or whatever, right? You're normal. Allow yourself to mourn. Okay. Allow yourself to mourn. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 4, it says, blessed are they are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, right? Um, so mourning is acceptable because mourning shows a need for comforting. Hope that makes sense. So the Bible said he, Jesus said he would send the comforter, right? The Holy Spirit can identify those that need comforting when he sees the mourning, right? Does that make sense? Um, so when you mourn, you can be comforted not only by the Holy Spirit, but your family, your support system can get around you and can help you through the process, right? Hey, I'm I'm army all day, right? Suck it up, drive on is the mentality. So it was a little harder for me to say, hey, you know, with somebody to say, hey, how you doing? You know, hey, I'm, I'm not having a good day, right? It's, I had a rough morning. Um, I'm gonna be all right, but I, I did have a rough morning, right? And that is okay, right? Because like I said, just like a human break, a physical break needs to heal. um, So an emotional attachment needs time to heal, right? So um, Bible says, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. It's okay to mourn. You know, when I look at Job and his friends came, um, and the Bible says they sat with him, right? Job had just lost all his kids. Job had just gone bankrupt, lost all his money, lost all his kids, and now he's in pain. And his friends came to visit. And before they started talking, before they start 
figuring out, saying, hey, what's going on? The Bible says they sat with them in silence. Sometimes sit and, and reminisce with them. You know, sometimes just sit with your family members and don't ignore the elephant in the room. Um, it's okay to say, man, I really miss mom or man, I really miss so-and-so during this time, right? But I also encourage you to say, <laughs> you know, remember when she used to do this? Like, remember the cookies or remember how, I don't know, my mom had this thing of cleaning up, uh, like cleaning up so much, like on Christmas Eve, right? She was always cleaning, 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 probably because she knew people would be stopping by and she wanted the house to be okay. But um, it's, you start to remember, right? So your mourning turns to remembrance when you can um, just enjoy the memory together, express the memory together. And that's a way to help. Um, let's see, let's see what are, what are other things we can talk about? So, uh, just kind of to recap, Bible says, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted, right? Mourning is normal. Hey, soldiers, Hey, Marines, Hey, airmen and coast guard. I think coast guard is Homeland security either way, right? It's okay. Tough guy. It's okay. Um, to mourn because the Bible says, blessed are those that mourn. There is a, there is a blessing. There is a happiness that um, that you open yourself up to by going through the mourning process, right? And those that mourn shall be comforted. So when you hit these triggers, you know, allow that support system to help you, allow scripture to help you, um, and understand that in scripture, there was, um, you know, the father of our faith, Abraham, he mourned. You know, Jacob mourned. Um, a couple of verses to encourage us. Psalms 119.28. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. So David prays this prayer. I think it's David, Psalm 19, Psalms 119. Uh, actually, Psalms 119 is, a, is an acrostic poem you know, going through the letters of the alphabet, talking about God's word. You know, it's ironic that the longest chapter in the Bible is like an ode to the Bible, right? So, um, but it says, my soul melts away for sorrow, strengthen me according to your word. That's a good prayer to pray. Lord, allow your word to strengthen me during this time because my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions can go into this sorrowful place. And when I'm in this sorrowful place, you know, strengthen me according to your word, right? Jesus said, blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to, to strengthen us in that moment. Um, what else? What else? The, the sadness, right? Uh, it's important to realize that the sadness is because of the, the change of the relationship, Right? You're sad over the loss of the relationship because separation hurts, okay? Separation hurts. Um, there is a verse that has, has always helped me. The Bible says, he gives power. So Isaiah 40, you know, 29 through 31. Most of us know the 30 and 31 part, but if you start at 29, it says, 
He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. You know, sometimes you may feel like I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything. But um, in those times, the Bible says, to him who has no might, he increases strength, right? So God will give you strength to get through the holidays, to make it through the day, to continue the healing process. So that's 29. 30 says, for even the youth shall faint and be weary. Come on. And the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait, hey, hey. <laughs> every so often the, the teacher goes out and the preacher comes in, but I, I have to pull it back. Uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So when you're feeling that loss, um, know that your help is coming. Know that that comforter that Jesus promised to send, that comforter will show up. Know that God's word can strengthen you right? So there is spiritual support for, um, for going through the grieving process, regardless of what shape, uh, it takes, regardless of what sequence, right? You know, oh, I, I feel like I'm bargaining, you know what I'm saying? Just go through, um, the process. The thing I love about God is he is not intimidated by your emotions, by your feelings, by your calling out to him. In fact, he said, call out to me and I will answer, right? So that's the encouragement uh, for this. So let me, let me turn the corner just a little bit because I, as I was studying for this, I started to look at examples in the Bible, right? Um, because, you know, here's a, there's a couple of theological points I want to bring out, um, uh, do about loss. Since we're dealing with loss, some people may ask, hey, what happens to those that have died, right? What happens to the believers? And guess what? The Bible talks about it, right? Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Jesus encourages us that the believers, or Paul, who wrote First Thessalonians, but the Holy Spirit through Paul encourages us that believers will see their believing relatives again. We will see them again. So here's what First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says. And then at the very end, you'll see why I read this. Okay. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. Okay, this sleep is a euphemism for um, death, right? So he's like, they're dead, right? But I don't want you to be uninformed. See, a lot of times the reason there is some sorrow or hope or lack of hope is because um, some people don't know what happens on the other side right? What happens to believers when they die? What happens? And that was the question that the church in Thessalonica had. Because remember, they're believing, hey, Paul is talking about Jesus is going to return. And they're like, yeah, he's coming back. And then they're like, oh, but wait a minute, brother so-and-so 
in our church, he died. And sister so-and-so died. Hey, Paul, what happens to those that die before Jesus comes back? And Paul says, you know what? Let me, let me, let me break it down. Break it down for you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18, he says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, um, that ye may not grieve as others do who have no hope. So the unbeliever, a lot of time their grief is um, one without hope, sometimes unconsolable because of their you know, what happens at the other side? No one knows. Well, they feel like no one knows. But here's what here's what Paul tells us as believers. We may not grieve. I'm letting you know that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So as a believer, we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And is that same faith, is that same belief that since Jesus died and rose again, those who are um, crucified with Christ, those who have given their life to Christ will through Jesus rise again, right? Because if he did it for himself, <coughs> He can do it for me, right? Um, so he says, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, though Jesus, through Jesus, God will bring him, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. He's saying, guess what? When Christ comes back, those who died before us will go before us, right? For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first, okay? So when Christ comes back, those that have died will rise first, okay? The bodies of those that have died will rise first. Um, and then he says, then we who are alive, who are left, who haven't died yet, right? When Christ returns, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these things. See, the believer, yes, we are sad at the passing because of the separation that happens, right? When a person leaves or separate, it hurts. So we're saddened for the separation. But God promises us for the believer, that there will be a reunion. In fact, there'll be a reunion in the sky. The Bible says they're going to rise first before we are transformed, those that are still alive and remain on the earth. And he says, therefore, encourage one another with 
these words. Jesus says, this is how we can cope. This is how we can be encouraged because we know what's on the other side of death. Because Jesus, who was alive, died, rose again, and has shown us so that, hey, when we believe in him and we die, we will rise again just like he did. Because he's the firstborn among many brethren. He's the example of, hey, here is what the Christian walk looks like when you're alive. Here's what it looks like going through death and then coming out on the other side. So he says, encourage one another with these things. Yes, yes, the separation does hurt. You know, I'm, I was reading in John chapter 11, John chapter 11. And this is the story of, of Jesus and Lazarus, right? And I think this is such an interesting story. Let me pull it up. A story. So the death of Lazarus is so interesting to me. Sorry, my phone is going off. Okay, my phone is going off. Um, during the death of Lazarus, it's when you get a chance, go back and one day I'm going to have to just teach this whole uh, chapter 11 because it's so cool. It's so cool. But here's a couple of things. Um, um, they went to go tell Jesus, hey, uh, Lazarus is sick, right? So essentially, hey, Lazarus is sick. You ever pray for somebody while they were sick? You know, so they went and told Jesus. Prayer is talking to Jesus, right? So they go, they're praying, or they go tell Jesus, hey, Lazarus, the one you love is sick, right? I remember I was like, Lord, your servant, she's your servant, right? He is, had, you know, he's been serving you, blah, blah, blah. We're talking to God about somebody else. That's called prayer, by the way. So they, they say, they go and they tell Jesus, right? Uh, it was Mary who anointed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and when verse, chapter 11, so the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it, Right. Um, I know when you're grieving, I don't want to hear that, right? <laughs> okay, but God will get glory in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your servant is sick, right? That's the part I want you to hear. But we know that Jesus always knows best. But so we see that they're praying to Jesus before this even takes place. They said, hey, he's sick, right? And then Jesus um, stays where he is for a couple more days. And... Um, and so, um, hold on. Ah, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to exegete the whole passage, but I'm just going to kind of sum it up. Um, Hey, Jesus, you know, they're praying, they're talking to Jesus about the Lazarus when he was sick. Uh, Lazarus died. Jesus didn't go and stop the death from happening. Um, he didn't stop the death from happening. So, and then um, later he shows up, he finished doing what he was doing. And then later he shows up. Now watch this. Um, 
Martha comes out to him. Martha, so Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She went and met him. Now Mary remained seated in the house. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. And then Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now check Martha, because Martha knows the Bible. Martha been listening to Jesus. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day, right? That's the same thing we just talked about in 1 Thessalonians. Hey, I know he's going to rise again. And isn't that what we do? Hey, that's okay. We're going to see him again. We're going to see him in heaven because that is how we are supposed to encourage one another. So Martha says, I understand Jesus. I realize it. Um, he is going to rise again and I will see him on, um, on the last day, right? When the trumpet sounds and all that. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, I believe you are the Christ, the son of God, uh, who is coming into the world. Um, so he has a conversation with, with Martha and that happens sometimes, right? Some people, you tell them, Hey, in the last day, God's going to raise them from the dead. You know, uh, we'll meet them in the air, right. To encourage them. And for Martha, that was great. Martha's like, amen. That's right. I believe you're the Christ and those that believe in you will never die. Right. So sometimes that's, that's how you can deal with those grieving family members. Right. We encourage them that, Hey, we will see them again. Right. And then there's this other sister, other sister, Mary. Right. Um, and when she had said this, she went and called her sister saying in private, Hey, the teacher is here and he's looking for you. Right. <laughs> so sometimes, Hey, we'll see him again, brother. Hey, Hey, uh, dad, Hey, sister and brother, we're going to see mom again. We're going to see uncle again. We're going to see cousin again. And that's encouraging. And they're like, you're right. You know? And then there's these other ones. When the Jews who were with the house consoling her. So Mary rose and went quickly, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, verse 32 when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved and in his spirit and was greatly troubled. Um, and he said, where have you laid him? And they say, Lord, come and see. And then the shortest verse in the Bible, um, 11, 25, Jesus wept. And I see how we are to behave when we're consoling and when we're going through the situation. Jesus tells Martha, hey, um, I am the resurrection and the life. Those that believe in me will never die. And Martha's like, yes, I understand. First Thessalonians 4.13, the dead in Christ shall rise first. In the last day, we will see them, right? So some people, you can, you can share that with them. And they're like, you're right. We'll see mom again in the great by and by. Mary is crying, weeping. And here's how Jesus responded to Mary. Mary was crying and Jesus cried with her. Mary was crying and Jesus cried with her. 
Sometimes during this holiday season, you may see somebody sitting over in the corner crying. Before you, um, you don't always have to say, that's okay, we're going to see him again. That's all right. Remember, we're going to see her in heaven. Sometimes the response is to cry with them. That's why I love Jesus, because he reads the room, man. He reads the situation and say, this person, we can let him know. Martha, hey, we're going to see Lazarus again. Amen, brother. Mary, you're crying. Every, you're with the mourners. I'm going to cry with you. Now, Jesus already knowing, he said earlier, that this was done so that God gets the glory. But in the situation, he still cried with Mary. The Bible says he wept, right? Not like, you know, a superficial cry. He really had empathy with her and cried with her. As we are dealing with holiday loss in real life, sometimes we encourage one another with these things. God's coming back. And sometimes we just cry with them. We just weep with them. And we remember the good times, right? Um, and then she said, uh, <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, where you laid him? And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him, right? Crying with them, going through the mourning process. We understand it as, hey, you know what? That's love there. There was genuine relationship. There was genuine friendship. There was genuine loss. And there was love that happened. There's nothing wrong with that. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? I've been there too. Lord, I know you've done it. I've read it in the scripture. Why didn't you do it this time? Right? Um, and I'm still processing. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. We see that Jesus said, Hey, the greatest glory is going to come from me doing what he's about to do. And then later, then Jesus deeply moved, came to the tomb and we know it. Jesus said, roll the stone away and Lazarus rose from the dead. Right. But kind of to wrap up this lesson on holiday loss. Number one, <clears throat> um, Grieving is normal, okay? During the holidays, you a, you may be triggered and realize that, hey, you know what? Somebody that was here is not here anymore, right? The grieving process is normal. It's, it's the emotional system. It's what happens to the emotional system when you're following a loss. The Bible says, mourn. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comfort it. As far as the stages, people are different. So they're going to process through the stages differently, you know, um, but allow them to go through the process differently. But we can also pray for them. We can pray what Psalms 119, 28 says, my soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Lord, be that comforter, be that strength according to your word. Um, um, Isaiah reminds us that um, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
Those that feel like they can't go on, God can increase your strength. Isaiah 40, 30, 29 through 31. Um, continuing on, as we're ministering to people, sit in silence, right? We see that Job sat in silence. Join them in the morning. Be that comfort. Sometimes it's not saying anything. Sometimes it is reminding them of 1 Thessalonians 4.13. They're dead, but we will see them again, right? The Bible says to encourage one another with these things. And sometimes we just cry with them, right? Go into the pain, cry with them, and allow yourself to go through the healing process, right? So here is how biblically we have examples of dealing with loss, understanding that the type of death often affects the response of the loss. Also, watch this, the type of relationship with the person also determines the type of loss. Interestingly enough, those that had a good relationship before the time of death usually handle the grief cycle a little better than those who did not have a good relationship with the deceased, okay? Because the finality of death um, closes the door to you getting it right with them, okay? <clears throat> if you, if you, the last things you said to the deceased person was anger. The last thing you said was hurtful. If the relationship wasn't well when they were deceased, listen, take the time now to um, talk to God, repent, you know, um, and ask God to give you the peace, right? The Bible says you confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. So if there were some issues, Lord, I am sorry. I repent for anger, anger, bitterness, whatever issue I had. I wasn't able to tell them, but I'm telling you, Lord, because you are, you know, the God of the living and the dead. Right. Um, what else? What else? And now just a couple practical things that may help. When you have that missing member around the holidays, share um, a fun memory, you know, instead of ignoring that, ignoring the person or ignoring your feelings, you know, bring it up. Because if you're feeling this way, someone else may be feeling this way. Um, so bring it up, but also share a fun memory. Um, uh, some things, uh, I found this website about things that people do. Um, um, you know, sometimes you can visit the loved one's gravesite, you know, um, you know, or, or, you know, go to the gravesite as a family just to kind of acknowledge their presence, you know, Hey, you're not able to be here physically, but we still remember you. We still love you. Um, play one of your loved one's favorite holiday songs, um, pull out the photo album and look and cause, cause in the photo album, you'll see good times, right? Pull out your phone. I don't know how many people still have a photo album, 
but pull out your phone, you know, remember this picture? Ah, I remember this picture, blah, blah, blah. And your morning can turn to joy, right? Um, sometimes, let me see, what else, what else, what else? Um, so there's, there's a couple things that you can do to kind of um, allow yourself to walk through the process of holiday grief. Hopefully this has helped you. Um, this podcast is about dealing with real life. Um, and during this season, there many people are experiencing holiday loss because this may be the first year or the second year or the 10th year that somebody's not around the turkey table or around the Christmas tree with you. But from looking through the Bible, we see that God has experience with grief. God has experience dealing and walking people through grief. And during this time, ask God to take your hand and walk you through this process. Amen. Well, um, that was therapeutic. I'm telling you, this is like my therapy session. If you enjoyed this podcast um, or would like to continue to enjoy the podcast, keep listening. <laughs> but if you think someone else can be benefited from these topics, right, then send this to them, particularly during this holiday season. I pray that God will strengthen them and encourage them. And also this may be a way for you guys to talk through some things together so that you can encourage one another with these things. Okay, this is Lee Fuller. You can find us on Spotify, uh, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. If you are listening on the platforms that allow for a review, namely Apple Podcasts, uh, please leave a review. Um, I am encouraged to see your feedback. If you want to send me questions or, hey, here's topics we want to talk about, uh, you can message me on Instagram, the Bible in real life uh, on Instagram. Uh, you can message me, I think on Facebook. I think the team's looking on Facebook too. So Bible in real life on Facebook. Um, so send us a message of topics you want to talk about. And and I will will be delighted to study it out and and help as we walk through the Bible in real life. Okay, my name's Lee Fuller. I gotta go. This has been therapeutic for me. Hopefully it's been helpful for you. Have a great holiday. See you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. And I am out like that.